You know what's not amazing? And this is not the lead-in. Is <laughs> what, what? What is? Uh, <laughs> what isn't? I, I would say this book. Oh, I, yeah. It's a pretty disappointing book it, uh, on the whole. <laughs> it, I didn't think it was that bad, but yeah. I, I even, even, even with... I'll say I will give them credit. I'll give uh, the author credit. He he didn't uh, he didn't do many flashbacks uh, in in part three. But he still, didn't do many flashbacks. But still, maybe too many. <laughs> too many flashbacks. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. Too many flashbacks. Too many flashbacks. Oh. You know what's not too many flashbacks? What's that? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixlet. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. And today on the show, we're wrapping up Alien Isolation by Keith R. A. DeCandido. Yeah, so we're on part three. Yes. It's redemption. Um... We've been yeah, isolated, we're, and we're getting redeemed. We were getting redeemed now, yeah. and uh, let, let's just jump right into it. You know, let's do it. Let's do it. Because honestly, it. part two is mostly flashbacks. Let's part be honest. Part two is mostly flashbacks. Let's mostly be, we're flashbacks. being honest with ourselves. Part two is mostly flashbacks. We're yeah. in chapter twenty-three. Last we left off, the Gemini Lab got shot out of Sevastopol Station uh, like a bat out of hell, and <laughs> and. Uh, uh, Apologies to Meatloaf. Uh, rest in power, king. Uh, rest in, <laughs> rest in <laughs> power, you you thick king. Um, <laughs> COVID denying um, chump. You COVID? Uh, was he a COVID de- denier? He was. At the end there? Oh, I, his- I love Meatloaf, but he was he was a real white right wing shithead. Uh, mm. At the uh, at the latter half of his life, and and the big he and I think he'd been a big COVID denier, and the and the rumor going around mostly is because there isn't a lot of clear information on how he died, and uh, I think a lot of people just kind of accepted COVID. It was complications. He, from COVID he, he, he and, denied COVID until yeah, it, it <laughs> until came, it denied it him. him, yeah, <laughs> until it denied him, yeah, from life. No, uh, says the man in Washington. Says no, the, says the, the virus. <laughs> No, says the virus in your bloodstream. Yeah, I would do anything for love, but I won't wear masks. So. <laughs> you so, stupid, stupid son of a bitch. I loved son of a you. Bitch. I loved you. Ugh. You Who's the guy down. that Tim Tim's always talking about? The guy who wrote t- Meatloaf well, songs. Well, Jim Steinman. Jim Steinman. Jim, uh, Jim Steinman. Yes, and he uh, died shortly before me. So, and. And uh, good, good, good. Jim Steinman did not have to see Meatloaf go down in a flurry of COVID denial. Or it maybe was, he did. I don't know. It was uh, it was very close. It's kind of like that story you hear of uh, John Adams uh, and Thomas Jefferson dying on the same day. Like John Adams' final words are, Jefferson still remains and literally Jefferson dies like an hour later. It's, it's like that. Steinman's like, that's, that's meatloaf amazing. still remains. Meatloaf still remains. Oh, oh. Uh, Notice that we were, I was one sentence into my notes and we we're already <laughs> off. <laughs> Back in form, my friend. Back that old form. fighting spirit. So, Season uh, one. 
pixelage shit here. Season one pixelage. Uh, we're back. We're we're back in 2021, boy. God damn right. God damn uh, right. So Amanda escapes the Gemini lab. She she ducks, dodges, dives, uh, and dodges um, both wrenches and an alien um, yeah. <laughs> out of the Gemini lab. She uses a flamethrower to to scare the alien off. Gets in an in an Eva Evo suit. I put uh, an evac. Eva, is it Evo? Is it Eva? Eva, right? Eva is, uh, and 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 then I just think of Evangelion when I yeah when yeah I, oh inevitably anyway, the, the that inevitably, song starts playing in your head. Um, uh, so she gets off of the Gemini Lab and just kind of jets herself back towards Sevastopol Station, and she gets on the station, and Tom Waits is waiting for her, and yeah. he's like, <laughs> "Well, I didn't think you would be alive." Uh, Xenomorph's um, coming for you. Xenomorph's coming for Xenomorphs, you. Xenomorph's. Yeah. Um, so she gets uh, told that the work and Joes are behaving more strangely now. They're in areas that they were never supposed to be in. Uh, she witnesses a few of season uh, security people just get absolutely destroyed by the uh, work and Joes, um, and then she hears over the comms uh, that. It, that waits and his his compatriots are all being attacked by the androids. They're all dead. And she's getting there and everyone's dead except Ricardo. And Ricardo is a-okay. And yeah. Marlo and Taylor are unaccounted for. She does not find their bodies. Um, so that's, that's chapter 23. I'm, I'm um, sure they're fine. So she's like, I'm going to go find Samuels. So in chapter four, she finds Samuels. And Samuels is absolutely wrecking the shit out of like a bunch of working Joes because he is a superior synthetic. God yes. damn it. Yes. <laughs> the synthetic. Your he is, synthetic. He is, he is Wayland Utani precision engineering android. <laughs> and he will he will run your blades, motherfucker. Yeah, he's none of this, none of this fucking uncanny valley bullshit. He is he's the whole valley. He has the entire valley. Um, he's the hidden valley. The hidden um, <laughs> <laughs> um, So uh Samuels is like, all right, I'm gonna try to connect with Apollo, but I gotta go into this reformatting chamber and I jury rig some electrical things and uh just you know, you're gonna have to shut it down if anything goes wrong. So it gets in there. And things go wrong. And she has to <laughs> shut down all the generators. So Who'd she shuts down it? the generator. Who'd have thunk it? She shuts yeah. down all the generators. Um, and basically, Samuels is dying. Um, and he's, you know, Samuels is bummed out about dying. And Ripley is also bummed out about Samuels dying because he was actually the only nice person Consistently good person she's met in her entire right. life. Not just, not, not just like not just in this story, but as we're finding out through the flashbacks, her entire life is yeah, like the ever. only nice ever is, ever. is Samuels. Um, <laughs> it's really sad. <laughs> it is sad. Um, but he says, I got you access. You can go down to the computer core. You can, you can get right in there with Apollo. You can do the command line interface if you want. And then he dies. Um, and she talks to Ricardo and he's like, eh. Ricardo's like, yeah, he was nice for synthetic. And she's like, he was good for a person. Right. Like, bastard. Bastard. Um, 
Chapter 25, she gets down to the computer core. She finds out she can't shut anything down because there's a Weyland Yutani directive in the computer core. Uh, basically, she finds out that there is, that Weyland Yutani has purchased the station. And they purchased the station two days after um, after her and the crew left Earth to go to Sevastopol. Yeah. And the directive is to contain the alien life form and all other, everything else is secondary, including murdering everybody else on the station. Yeah. Basically the, the first alien movie. Yeah. Basically the first alien movie on a large scale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the generator, she tells the, the computer, okay, there's no more alien life form. Computer's like, ah, oh, well, it's got, we got to do a scan of the core to make sure that that's true. I think you might be lying, Ripley. And she's like, all right, scan the core. And the computer's like, well, we can't because the scanners are broken. And she's like, fuck you, computer. And the computer's yeah. like, I can't do that, Ripley. Um, <laughs> Try as I might, Ripley. <laughs> so she's like, all right, fine. I'm going down to the reactor core. She, she takes a lift down to the reactor core. Wouldn't you know it? There is an entire farm of xenomorphs down in, in, in the reactor core where it's nice and warm. This is such a frustrating moment in the book. Because Why? Because it t- it's like two pages. It's one of <laughs> it's one of the best parts of the game. It is one of the most nerve wracking, frustrating, scary moments in the game. And and it is glossed over. It is such a bummer. It is so disappointing. Hey, you know what? It, I mean, I wish I wish I could tell you that it's because they were hurting for space. I know exactly in this book. <laughs> but you know what's coming up immediately after this moment? By I mean, the way, I'm- she she sets the generator to overload and she gets out and the five aliens escape. But th- this all happens in two pages. Two Who, pages. Like two. It's like two pages of of storytelling. What, what's so going to what's coming up? What's coming up in chapter 26? Um, A flash forward, right? I think you got the direction wrong there, pal. No, but that can't be right, Kevin, because we've had Friendo. so many so far that you think they'd want to change it up and flash forward, you know, move along. Right. My friend, my friend, I think, I think you got the direction there wrong. I think it's going to be a flashback and I think it's going to be the longest chapter in part three. It's going to be the longest chapter in part three, buddy. And it's a flashback. I'm just so tired. (laughs) I'm just, I feel like, I feel like there's so many people that are letting me down lately, Kevin. I just don't know if I can, I don't know if I can be betrayed like this again. <laughs> so I had a feeling that this was going to ha- happen when she suddenly started talking about the Brodsky incident. Uh, oh, yeah. We start getting a yeah, we start getting a random reference to something that has not come up yet. And you're like, what are we? No, this, no. This, Brodsky was not even referenced. Am I am I like Mandela affecting the rest of the book? Brodsky was not referenced until part three. Right? I don't remember that. No, I, I, I don't. Yeah. If so did, now we're really we're talking about the briefly mentioned in the first half of part three, the Brodsky incident. Let's get into it. Um, <sighs> we're in a flashback. It we're on Luna. Um, Amanda is uh, is 
teaching Zula her she's just friends with at this point by the way you know you mentioned in part one you're like where are we are they queer baiting a little bit this is i mean i they take that completely away like they 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 are they're they're literally just friends in chapter 26 whereas other before the way it's written it's like it feels like they could could be hinting at some sort of i still feel like they were they were aiming towards that i still feel like they were and then chapter 26 was like oh no they're Literally just friends. Yeah. Um, so Amanda is showing Zula the ropes on how to like, you know, fix an engine or whatever. And she has to go help this other, this engineer named Brodsky. Uh, basically, there's some people trapped in an airlock and they're just kind of hanging out there because the door won't open, even though the airlock has been pressurized. Yeah. And uh, Amanda goes up into the crawl space and she's like, all right, Brodsky. Uh, don't press the button until I tell you to after I clean the circuit board. And Brodsky goes, press the button. Press the button. And he, and, and he presses the button and he opens up the airlock, nearly killing the five people inside. Amanda's quick quick thinking saves them. And then there's a tribunal with Wayland Utani, And they're like, well, who do we believe? This certified engineer who's been always good or Amanda? whose stepdad is a drunk. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then her so not her girlfriend stands up and says, excuse me, I'm a colonial Marine and I was there and it went down exactly like Ripley said. And an eagle flew in and wept on the American flag. And that and man's then there was name a, there was, was, Albert <laughs> was Albert Einstein. Einstein. <laughs> exactly what it is okay okay this scene this my is, note my only note other than yeah. that is another bad chapter so go another off, bad cha- all right so yeah. <laughs> done uh this is like the third story like this in flashback form of her getting fucked over and needing to scrape out from uh, all right <laughs> You know that everyone's had that friend who like tells you you're just you know you're just hanging out and they and they just tell you this story about what a asshole uh, this old boss they had was and you go wow that really sucks what a dickweed yeah he's terrible terrible guy yeah I know right uh, he was a jerk uh, whatever and then like a month later they tell you a story about a different boss they had and they're like oh yeah and he's totally fucked me over and, da, da, da. and you're like huh yeah that's that's bad. but by the third time a different boss. Is, has screwed them over over some other outlandish thing. Uh, right. You're like, I think you're lying. I think maybe there's more to this than there's. Yeah, this. D- yeah, this feels like this. If, if like Ripley came up to me and was like telling me, it was like, yeah. And then there's one guy. And then I had to go have a whole tribunal. And this happened or that happened. I'm like, I think you might be in the wrong on some level here. <laughs> I'm not yeah. saying bosses aren't assholes. I'm saying that maybe you're not exactly the the, the, the pinnacle. The only, of, yeah. The only common denominator is you. Amanda. Right. It just <laughs> it feels so dumb. And it and it's like. It just starts to feel like the sainted Ripley clan, you know, this like this, right. like we can, we can establish um, hard luck people without constant flashbacks to different moments that people were incompetent and I saved the day. That's when the whole Mary Sue thing gets thrown around by morons a whole lot, but yeah. 
that we are getting into that a little bit where it's just like, where it's just like, it's not fully, but it smacks of that a little bit where it's just this like, it's like, thank God I was there with my quick thinking all those times and not, not in a hero saves the day kind of way, just like everyone's incompetent, but Ripley, you know? And right. Just, yeah. One example of this, maybe even two would have been like, okay, yeah, she's, she's cool and collected. It starts yeah. to get a little, you know, doth protest too muchy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay, we get it. She's really great. Can we get back to the xenomorph? More xenomorph, please. Yeah. And- oh, and by the way, sorry. What? One more thing. Can we talk a little bit about how much uh, out of nowhere we talk about the races of the characters in this chapter? Oh, did you notice yeah. that? Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Like the first one- time in the entire book where we are like, uh, she's an eight. That's an Asian woman, and that's a right. black guy, and that's yeah. an old white guy. <laughs> right. It, out of nowhere, and it's like we didn't. It didn't matter. It doesn't. You just give them different names. It's like there are a lot of characters, sure, but just give them different names. Tell it's like the defense attorney said this. It's like so and so who was an Asian person. Uh, you know, and it's like the, yeah. the dark skinned so and so, and it's like that has never happened before in this book. It's such a random insertion. It's not. Nothing inappropriate happens. It's not like she right. starts running around on a rice paddy hat or something like that. It's just a weird choice. Yeah. It's just so it, odd. It, it, it Yeah. It, it's all very weird. Um, and it kind of takes the sales, uh, the wind. No, it takes the entire sales. It doesn't it just take the wind. It takes the whole sail off the boat. <laughs> it does. You know, I'm leaning into the malpropism. It just takes the it. sails yeah. off the boat. Yeah. <laughs> Over the horizon they go. This thing's now a torpedo. Full steam ahead. Yeah. It's, and you're uh, right. I, I think I was, when I was reading that chapter, because you're absolutely right. It's the longest chapter in the whole thing. And I think I must have gone into some self-preservation mode when I was reading that chapter. Because I was just like, great courtroom drama in a in an alien book. That's, let's, yeah. let's, like, it's almost like Keith Keith was like he's like I'm tired you know who (laughs) is awake he like sends a little text to to John Grisham in the middle of the night (laughs) says you awake hey you up (laughs) you up (laughs) and then he goes and then Grisham's like uh uh why um uh, what's up and then Keith's like you want to you want to write a courtroom drama in the middle of my alien book yeah. And John Why? Grisham's like, yes. And, and, and Grisham's like, wow, you guys, you must not have had a lot of source material to work with if uh, if you feel the need to include this. And he's like, yeah, no, and that's not like, the problem no. at all. No. Yeah, no, it's not no. the problem at all. I have a, no. I have a, a 25 hour I've, video game I've with lots of so tense, much out. Um, so many scenes. There's it, there's even a, a moment where they that where later where or before this, I forgot. I just remember reading it. <laughs> in this section where she's like, Oh, I've only used my, the, the tool once in, in this entire, like, yeah, it's like, like, okay. It's the most important thing in the entire game. You are never without it or you're dead, but I only used it once. And other time I used it a few times to knock, knock um, some, some working Joe's around, but I've <laughs> only opened a thing once. And I was like, you open like, a hundred 
of yeah. those things in the that game. Is a constant companion. Constant to you. thing. Not saying that you need to recreate all 100 of those, but it no. almost feels weird to include the statement that you've only used it once. Yes, it's it's such a it's just such a strange choice in a book filled with strange choices. This is the first book I think we've read where they didn't use enough of the source material. Uh, If if there was, there was plenty of good stuff to be had and it was ignored or glossed over. And it's like, like again, the, the, the reactor scene with like, that's just been overrun with xenomorphs and everything like that. It's got a fucking bow on it. Like that is like, that is a, that's at least a chapter right there. Like you just, that's, that's, that's like 20, 30 pages right there. And it's the back half of a chapter. Right. Right. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm gobsmacked because here's the thing. I, this is just what we're going to get into in the end. I, uh, but, but I just, yeah. uh, he, he's not a bad writer. Yeah. Uh, like he's a good writer. Like, like, like it is very good um, work. It is good writing, but it's good writing that kind of misses the point of the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's, it's like delicious it seasoning forest. on nothing. <laughs> this is the forest for the trees. It's, yes, uh, it's absolutely. It's, yeah. You know what I forgot to say before What's we got that? into it? Um, but the body is already halfway into the mosh. Oh, this the body is in the mosh. Oh, see, the body, this is why we need, we need audio clips to interrupt and throw it in there. Yeah. The body. Let's, in the mosh. So let's, let's finish putting this body in the mosh and then yeah. walk away from it forever. Yeah, um, <laughs> actually walk away from it probably yeah. into a, a new playthrough of Alien Isolation. I can't uh, stop thinking about it. I just can't. So chapter 27, shortest chapter in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ricardo sends Amanda to medical to take an ambulance shuttle to the Inisadora. That's all that happens. It's a it's like a page long. Chapter yeah. 28. Um, Ripley flies out to the Inisadora. Power, it's all powered down. She powers things back up. Uh, and then Marlo comes on the intercom and he starts monologuing about how he's going to blow up the station using the an overloaded reactor from the Anisadora. And mm-hmm. then he get, he gives Ripley a clip of her mother talking about what happened on the Nostromo because yep. wouldn't you know it, the 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 flight recorder was not empty. The the people from Marlo's ship just took the data and kept it on the Anisadora. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're assholes. Yeah, um, yeah, dicks. Just a bag of dicks. Yep. Um, so basically, she's like, Ellen uh, uh, um, is like, oh, yeah, you know, some really terrible shit happened, Amanda. I hope you find me. And Amanda's Once like, a- oh, I'm going to find mommy. Once again, talking to her. Cause she's, you know, she's talking, she's talking to an 11 year old for all she knows. And it's like, she, I was, I was waiting for her to be like, uh, so some bad things happened and but I'm okay. Uh, but it's just like bad things happened. A fucking alien killed everyone, kid. They killed everyone. <laughs> like just, just like, just about lost my cool there. Like, good <laughs> Lord. I don't but, know if that's uh, a detail the kid needs. Yeah. But, and then, and, I, what she really should have said, uh, but like, yeah, it was pretty bad, but I got a kitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say hello to Jonesy. 
Oh God. Just, um, <laughs> yeah. I almost forgot that that's where Jonesy's name comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I was telling, uh, 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 me and Emily were having a dinner tonight and she said, uh, she said, what book are you guys reading? And uh, I said, Alien Isolation. She goes, I haven't asked you about, because she usually is, you know, she, she's, she's not a gamer or anything, but she takes an interest and she'll ask yeah, me yeah, about yeah. what we're reading and, and what, what we think and everything. And she goes, I haven't hardly asked you anything at all about this one. How's it going? And I said, it's kind of surreal because we keep saying Ripley this and Ripley that. And I just picture the cat in my head. Uh, <laughs> it, it, Ripley is no longer Sigourney Weaver or even this character. It's, in my head. it's my cat. And so Jonesy, it's the same thing. Like they're like Jonesy, the cat on, you know, the Nostromo. And I'm like, Oh, right. That is because that's the thing. You, forget i also forget and i live with the damn thing so yeah <laughs> it's it's Those sweet sweet kittens sweet sweet um, kittens those xenomorph babies xenomorph babies uh so she opens the door uh over the intercom she hears a scuffle happening and she arrives upon the scene uh taylor has killed marlo um and uh, Ripley and Taylor try to work together to stop the overload from happening. Whoops, that doesn't work out when Taylor gets killed by an yep. uh, errant explosion from the uh, generator, throws her against the glass, uh, killing her. Um, Ripley runs to the cockpit of the Anisadora. The explosion happens, but it doesn't really do a whole lot. It just throws the Anisadora into Sevastopol Station, basically. Um, so Marlowe was a dum-dum. Like, he, he, he didn't even realize that, like, the reactor blowing up wouldn't do anything except right. push the Anisadora into Sevastopol, um, which is all that, which is what happens. So she crashes into the, the, the loading dock or the docking bay with the Anisadora. Um, Ripley and Ricardo determines she needs to align the comms dishes to talk to Verlaine. Um, this is, this is like straight out of the game stuff too. Straight this out of the game stuff. More than, more also, than anything. Also kind of, isn't this the moment where she's like on the outside of Sevastopol station? Yeah. And there's, uh, the xenomorphs are like climbing up for her. Yeah. And that doesn't happen in nope. the book. At no. all, we could have she, we could have had it's a, it's again a moment with a bow on it to throw some more xenomorphs at us, and I that's nothing. nothing. She successfully aligns the com state the comms dishes. Yeah, she does Good it, job. and she, she talks. She to does her, her job competently and without incident. Great, no incident, no incident report here. Um, I know writers she, who like to have conflict in their books, and they're all cowards. <laughs> almost broke a sweat in, you know, thinking about Oof. You know, the things that had to happen. Jesus. Christ. Good Lord. Why even, why even have that complication? Why even have the complication of having to get the antennas aligned or whatever? Right. Why, why even have that? If, if all it's going to amount to is I went down the hallway and it went click. What's the point of even putting it in? Um, Because ethics in game novelization <laughs> you, you bite your tongue you don't bring that evil into this podcast <laughs> god damn it oh boy um so she tells Verlaine what happened but not really 
Uh, and we're going to, they're like, we're going to meet up at the towing platform. They go down to, uh, she goes down to get Ricardo. Whoops. He was killed by one of the head crabs moving on. Uh, she fights her way to the towing station. Um, she gets down there, gets a, gets a suit on. She's on the, the connection, the connection between the Anisadora or sorry, the, um, not the Anisadora anymore. We're on the Torrens. She's on the connection between the Torrens and the station. She has to use some C4 or whatever to blow the the two things apart because of the, the connection. Um, the aliens are climbing on and she blows away like two of them with the C4. And there's like a third one unaccounted for. She gets onto the Torrens. Um, uh, the, the, the Danny Torrens and... Uh, <laughs> The voice comes on. And, there and, aren't enough xenomorphs in this <laughs> novel, Mrs. Torrance. He's not here on the Torrance. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, yeah, Verlaine's not there anymore. And then Amanda is attacked by a xenomorph. She ends up back in the airlock and she blows the airlock. Uh, so the xenomorph and herself out the airlock. Uh, that is where the game ends. Yeah. The book continues on for a little bit longer where she's like, I'm going to live. And then she she she's able to get over to like a, an emergency beacon. Just imagine a buoy floating out in the ocean. That's what I imagine this thing to be. Yeah. And she begins broadcasting message that she's here. Please. Someone please pick me up. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the end. That's it. That's I mean, I that's sorry, I ran through the entire thing in like 20 minutes, but that's how much it actually deserves in terms yeah. of like summary. Because goddamn, did they skip so many set pieces? So did much Keith, stuff. Keith the Candido skipped so many set pieces in the second half of the game to just kind of blitz to the ending. <laughs> yeah. It feels like it feels like. Like he was trying to do himself no favors. Because like I said, there's so many wonderful moments in that game that could be adapted effectively and yeah. and not you can you can write them well and offer something new. There and, is an amazing moment, not that's referenced in one of the interstitials about the showroom that is just skipped over. Mm -hmm. Where Amanda has to go into one of the guys, because there's this other guy, uh, was it Ransom or something like that? Yeah. Or some other dude on the station and she had to get into his office and his office is behind the showroom where the, all, there's all these working Joes that are just like standing there silently. And you, you're like, when are they going to activate? Right. And it's a great <laughs> scene. I love it's a that great yeah. moment. Yeah. That could have been written so well, like the tension of her having to like, like just have all these working Joes looking over her shoulder. Yeah. As she's like hacking through something. Oh yeah. I remember playing that and like stopping and look like just, yeah, you're just <laughs> ready for it. To ha and when it does inevitably happen, you're still not ready for it. It's so yeah. well designed and it's just skipped. We didn't even really have, <laughs> we've, we've spent a lot of time on this show complaining about uh, adaptations where it's just a rote, um, yeah. you know, resequencing of what happens in the game. He goes into this room, he grabs that thing. Um, 
I'm not suggesting that's what this needed to be, but we didn't even have like a scene of like hiding under a bed from the thing, hiding in a closet, you know, like the tension of the stealth in a stealth game is barely talked about at all. Like we get, she gets to see some robots do some things in the distance, but like the tension of being hunted by the alien, like there's a brief moment in this part in part three, where like she hears it like describes the clamoring of the sound of the alien and the ducts or something like that. And I was like, Oh, Oh, are we going to reference one of the greatest parts of this game? Like one of the greatest sound designs ever made in a modern video game. We're finally here. Oh, good. Thank you. You deign to do that. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's so strange. It's, there's so little meat in this burger. It, it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> it's bizarre. Yeah. It's a bummer, so to speak. That this is where the uh, the novelization of Alien, the book, I don't know why, Ripley, Amanda never really feels like she's in any specific danger ever. Not really. Not really. There's so few instances of her being directly engaged by things yeah. in a way that feels dangerous. And there's That's a, a good point. Yeah. She there's feels like so she's many, on the peripheries. Yeah, there's more instances of her reacting to things happening to other people rather than her feeling like she is in any particular danger. Right. Which, Which is, is funny because we get a ton of inner monologue from her. So much inner monologue. Right. Talking about, and her inner monologue is, uh, you could have the inner monologue or you could have the flashbacks. You can't have both. You can't have both. Yeah. You cannot like, and you can have the inner monologue. Sure. Every character can have inner monologue, but it's like, there is so much for a book that is written from the third person. In the third person. Exactly. Exactly. There is so much inner monologue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've read first person books that had less inner monologue than this. It's, it's no you're absolutely right it's so strange i think i have a suspicion i think i mentioned in the first episode of this that that the task of getting to write canon background information on ellen ripley and her daughter and their background and everything like that must be so enticing so exciting to be able to do that and i think either our author was like so excited at the prospect of being able to do that uh, or, or nervous at the prospect of being able to do that, that he overdid that aspect of it, this background stuff in favor yeah. and, and forgot to make a, an alien novel. Uh, yeah. And it, it, and it's, I mean, I don't know what I would do in that position as a writer. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't either. I think the moment it's almost like sometimes the moment is too big. Um, Yeah. You know, and like looked at from if you look at this story from a thousand feet up, you're like, ah, this feels like a competent story um, Mm -hmm. on its own. You know, it feels fine Uh, when you get closer to it and then also closer to the source material 
the cracks really start to show. There's some yeah. foundational issues that are it there is so much in the game. There's the game is such a it, for a game for a stealth horror game, it is very dense. Yeah. And yeah. To its detriment that, in some people's opinions. It, yeah. A lot of that is not communicated in this in this book. Uh my some I, I think this book should have been longer. I think this book probably needed to be uh, a bit longer with less longer, but also fewer flashbacks. Well, I was going to say, if you're going to include all of the flashbacks, then you had to add more. Then um, you had to add more. Then you had I think to it add even more. I think it needed to be even longer with maybe at least one of the flashbacks completely eliminated and another one streamlined into something else. Yeah, because. Um, it it takes up so much of the mental real estate. Oh my god! I can so tell much. you more about what happened in these flashbacks than I can tell you about what happened in the primary story. Yeah, no, the primary story kind of slides past you, and you go, "Oh wait, what the fuck just happened?" You know, they they really hammer home the flashback stuff, like the domestic drama stuff, yeah, um, which is great to have on a certain level, having fully fleshed out realized characters that you care about um, when they are, that is super important when they're in danger. That's what we bitched about with FNAF. You had right. very two dimensional characters. It didn't matter who gave a shit. This overdid it. And then, and then gave us very little this is, uh, this uh, is, uh, drama. This is like four end. dimensional, four dimensional right. characters, but there, the danger just doesn't ever feel like it's real. Right. <laughs> And that's why, and that's what I was saying before. I think he's a really good writer. That's the yeah, irony. I, I think there's a lot wrote, of yeah. He wrote the characters really well. You know, yeah, right. They're very real. Everything's very well fleshed out. Um, it just misses the point entirely. There, and I think it, this is this is interesting because I think we can go through a as we go through this podcast. One of the things that we have found out is a number of different ways that a book can fail in doing what it sets out to do. So in this case, it's, it's overwrought in terms of character development. Mm -hmm. The character characters are almost overdeveloped in certain instances. And the plot is not, there's not enough attention given to the plot. so little that the, any elements of danger feel underwritten and played off just as a another thing to get past, to get more, right. to get back into the character development. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and it would be one thing. It still wouldn't be great, but it would be one thing if uh, all of these flashbacks were teaching us something new every single time. Right. We're learning more new shit. But, but it's the not. same. It's, it's the same note we're hitting. Exactly. It's hammering the same points home over and over again. She is competent. Everyone else an idiot. Uh, you know, it's like it's like that whole thing. Like uh, she she's gotten out of tricky situations. Everyone's trying to fuck her over. Like we don't need that much of that. We already got it. We've got it covered. And yeah. I would like to I would like to be scared of a penis headed alien now, please. Yes. You know, like like if, would you mind? It's like Ian Malcolm tapping on the camera. I mean, like, he's like, are there going to be dinosaurs in your uh, in your dinosaur tour? Uh, hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. Uh, uh, 
Uh, there might be trouble up ahead. <laughs> just, just, yeah, it's just, it's, it misses the point. It's, it's like, it's like getting a, a novelization of, you know, the departed and an entire, you know, hundred pages is dedicated to saying the, uh, you know, uh, fucking, uh, you know, a, a convenience store clerk, you sure. know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. This, and, and it's really interesting and you learn all about his family and it's super engaging and interesting and stuff. But you're like, that's not what the departed's about though. <laughs> right. It's like, we're going to spend the next 100 pages dedicated to uh, just like the, the hierarchy and structure of the uh, Boston State State Police Department. Right, right. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're really getting into the details here. It's like Tom Clancy level of 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 detail on the stadies. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're gonna so, t- we're gonna spend 120 pages talking about Richard Dreyfus's character in Jaws and his doctoral dissertation. And, yeah, it's and just then, the dissertation, then, uh, a yeah. transcript of his of the dissertation and his defense. Right, and, right, and, <laughs> and and but there's like five pages of the shark. You know, it's like just it's not that it's badly written. Quite the opposite. It's just missing the fucking point. Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, the writing is good. The story is poorly told. Is, yes. Is basically the the way, uh, the criticism. Uh, yeah. And those are two, I, I want to say those are two discrete elements. You can have a, like a story with mediocre writing, but the story could be fucking banger in terms right. of how it's told. You know, Absolutely. somebody, I, I, I think that's, that's totally possible. Uh, we've all we've all read books and seen movies where yeah. the story is as simple as boy meets girl uh, sure. or something like that. And, you know, and it just and it and, fucking rules the way it's done. And and the uh, girl uh, likes boy. Boy is killed by Xenomorph. Exactly. Great story. Great story. Great story. Um, Tom Skerritt, uh, you know, Tom Skerritt. R.I.P. R- <laughs> Captain uh, Dallas. You um, handsome son of a bitch. <laughs> um so yes um but yeah that's 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 the main thoughts on 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 alien isolation i think i think a good example of somebody who might not be as strong might not necessarily have the strength in the writing but is a better storyteller is the author that we are going to be talking about next oh um, who has also written alien books Yes, this is true. Uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about uh, a we're we're gonna be reading our third S.D. Perry novel. <gasps> S.D. Perry. Next, look at that, and she's never really disappointed us. I mean, it's it's not she doesn't she she's just like consistent, you know. That's, she is. She's she's a good pulp writer. Um, yeah, a very good pulp writer. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to we're gonna be reading uh, the prequel book to the Marvel Midnight Suns video game rising so yep friend of the pod sd perry friend of the pod sd perry yes we're gonna actually it's kind of true because she's we're gonna we're gonna get those that those q a questions over to her one of these days do that we absolutely need to do that um so if that's all we're we're gonna say do you have any other thoughts about alien isolation or i just want 
I, I guess if there's one thing that the book accomplished that maybe the designers and the publisher wanted it to is it just desperately made me want to play the game again. Yeah, that's true. So I want to go back that. to the game. I, yeah. I do want to fire up the game again, yeah. which is an um, just an amazing game. It's uh, so one good. of my favorite games of all time. It's so, damn so, good. so damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, in that case, what are you playing? Oh, I finished Stray first and foremost. Oh, okay. Uh, finished Stray, had a nice little cry. Uh, you evil bastards. Uh, for anyone who's, who's, who, uh, is worried the cat does not die, uh, outside of all the times my own incompetence caused the cat to die. That's that, but no one to blame, but myself on that one. Sure. Um, but it does have a, has a bit of a tearjerker ending, really enjoyed it. I thought it was just long enough. Um, I think, uh, I think the story was fun. I think the world was really cool. Um, I loved the design of the world. I really enjoyed it. It it took me longer to beat than I thought it would just because of my own ADHD and coming and going with it. And as we discussed before, it is, it is not. It's a game that's hard to pick back up. Right. So that was tough. Um, but it was, it was a a great play. I, I highly recommend it. Um, so I liked that one. Uh, I've been playing more against the, the storm. I'm just, I'm just burning through achievements and shit like that at this point. It. Uh, it's just, I love it. I love this game. Um, but you know, I've gone on about that one. I did finally get started on Marvel midnight suns. Ooh, yes. Um, I'm, I am one of the people, unfortunately, who's being affected by a recent patch update that, uh, that, uh, is just causing it to freak out a little bit on my computer. So I haven't gotten very far, but what I've played, I've really enjoyed. Um, I think you're right in the sense that it's, you mentioned before that your initial thoughts are just that this is, this is, this is a XCOM with Marvel characters. And there is an element of that. um, Right. But it's also very different at the same time. It plays very different and it gives you a different um, feel in a way, because whereas XCOM was about everybody's your baby, your character, your creation, and uh, let's, you know, create the story around sure. them as you go. This, you know, you do feel like a superhero. You do feel and and, and you're entrusted with these cool superheroes. And, and right, that's right. fun. A hunter is is kind of a, a dullard, but uh, surprises me from time to time. I did. Sure. I, I'm surprised at how much how funny it is. Uh, yeah. I think I, uh, Iron Man refers to Dr. Strange as Dr. Spooky, uh, just to be yes. a dick and, uh, and Hunter believes that's his name says lead the way Dr. Spooky. And you're like, okay, <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's pretty yeah, funny. Uh, Hunter is very literal, uh, and yeah. in, in the way they, they take things and Hunter could be either, uh, 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 there's no non-binary option, unfortunately, but Hunter right. could be either, uh, male or female in the game. Um, but the, yeah, it's, it, it's a, the writing is the thing that when I first started playing it, I was like, ah, it's going to be kind of silly and dumb. And you're like, yeah, at, the more I play it, I was like, oh, there's actually a lot of really good writing in this. There's some really good moments. The, my favorite bit is one of my favorite bits is right at the beginning where Dr. Strange and Iron Man are trying to recruit. Johnny Blaze, Ghost Rider. Yes, yes. And yeah. um, 
Ghost Rider does not, Johnny Blaze does not want anything to do with what they're doing. Um, so, and uh, and says something like, you know, whoever you are to, 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 to Tony. Yeah. And <laughs> Tony's like, you don't know who I am. And then yeah. later in the conversation <laughs> refers to him as Robo Man. Robo Man. Um, and rides off on his motorcycle. And uh, it cuts to every character gets like a title card when they're first introduced. Yeah. But instead of like the his actual title it says um it says roboman and the subtitle is he's famous seriously yeah <laughs> it's that's what i mean it's like it's surprisingly funny it has a lot of it, it really and don't get me wrong marvel's stuff is generally pretty funny but uh right like that's a deadpool level of like you know almost right. you know wall breaking kind of exactly slapper shit so that's that's surprising there's some more bits with the the title card like they'll be they'll play it straight for a bit and then for a while and then randomly there will be enough there will be somebody introduced and there will be like a joke like kind of layered into their title card or what have you yeah um so there's there's some uh there's some good stuff in there and uh so i'm really looking forward to hopefully you get that um, you get your patch stuff sorted out. So yeah, you're able to, yeah, uh, I do too. I would, I would, I would, uh, I'd like to get a little more of this in. It's probably going to be the last game I get a chance to play before we, at this point, it's the future. It's 2023, but right now we're, we're at the tail end it's of 2022. Pre, yeah. We have not recorded our game of the year episode, which right. you have, will have listened to before this episode comes out. So <laughs> did I include ooh. Midnight Suns? Did I not? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, you know we'll more than see. I do. <laughs> Time is a uh, flat circle. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I should uh, watch that season again. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I did that. I uh, I did download the, I did purchase the uh, Vampire Survivors DLC. Um, There's DLC for Vampire Survivors. They just released it uh, like yesterday, I want to say. And it's $2 and, and it includes, let's see. 17 new achievements and a bunch of new characters and new items and all that good shit. And uh, that was the easiest $2 I ever spent. Probably the easiest couple of bucks I spent since I bought Vampire Survivors. Sweet Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So that happened. Um, But I've also got my eye on, I think, I think the next game I'm going to play after that is Signalis. I'm, I'm oh, yeah, very, yeah, yeah. I def- I recommend Signalis. That. I have not finished yeah. it yet, but um, I, I need to get back to it. But Yeah, uh, I got I to gotta look into this one. That one, This one looks very intriguing. I like, uh, I'm getting a lot of, um, like you mentioned, Metal Gear vibes. I'm also getting some Resident Evil vibes. It's definitely and, like, yeah, it feels like a cross between the point of view of Metal Gear Solid 1 and uh where it had when it had top down segments and right. um and resident evil uh pre pre resident evil 4 resident evil nice well that's yeah. that's my that's basically my that's favorite era of resident evil so that <laughs> i'm all about that sounds great uh so yeah that's where i'm at what about you kevin what are you playing um so the episode i i will have talked about this already on bullet time uh, it will be coming out. Uh, the Bullet Time Christmas special episode come came out on December or something or other. Anyway, <laughs> Die Hard Vendetta. I just finished it the other day to talk yeah. about it with with James and to Snickerer on on the Bullet Time podcast. Um, 
But to recap my thoughts, Die Hard Vendetta is a game that uh, you actually come back around on by the time you're finished playing it. It it was the lowest rated game that we have played for Bullet Time. And the focus of Bullet Time are shooters that miss their mark. So yeah, but you're talking like mediocre stuff. Mediocre, like garbage. Die Hard Vendetta was rated was has like a 52 on Metacritic. Okay, people okay. hated it. But if if you're if you're looking at it now with the ability to look at the individual elements that it was trying to introduce and all these these cool little things that it did, and it actually isn't that bad. It's it, it it has a lot of uh, moments. It has a lot of weird puzzle solving moments, which is actually kind of cool for a diehard game. Like, right. The puzzles aren't necessarily like, you know, throw the switches. It's like figuring out how to kill somebody properly without all the hostages getting killed. Oh, wow. OK, cool. Um, there's a it, it's got it. The graphics are terrible. The controls, (laughs) the controls are pretty dog shit. Uh But if you get beyond those two, if you're able to get past that, you're actually in for a pretty interesting experience. Also, the checkpoints are bullshit. Uh, Uh, It's like it gives you like it's one of those game old games where it's like one or two checkpoints per level. And there's like you lose like 20 minutes of progress every time you die. Um, Yep. Yep. One of those. But if if you're able to. Or will yourself beyond all of that? Not bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Um. Uh. So. So yeah. Die Hard Vendetta. And actually, that got us talking about how would you make a Die Hard game? And we ended up talking about Alien Isolation. Is actually a well, Die Hard. It is a Die Hard. It makes it's a, a lot hard. of. I mean, with vent <laughs> vent crawling and stuff like that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have to, you would have to create a game in which you you escalate, you take conflict and you escalate it to a point where you need to avoid it at all costs, rather yeah. than just engaging directly. And yeah. a lot of action games have a problem with that. Alien Isolation, at least for the first two thirds of it direct directly direct contact with anything working joe's other humans or alien uh is not recommended you know you 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 can't do that um so yeah basically uh, using the template for alien isolation you actually could make a game you could take that out of horror and put it into kind of like a high stakes action thriller environment type of game and i think it would be an absolute banger that's um, cool so that's kind of where we because we're trying to figure out what would what would make a good a really really good die hard game right um, and we broaden the definition of die hard to like we're not just talking about licensed die hard we're talking about the the die hard scenario because right. like speed is die hard on a bus like die hard right. Die Hard Anna X is a thing yeah. now. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so a Die Hard game is just shorthand for a Die Hard-like scenario where it's, you know, uh, there's only a few enemies really that you have to deal with, but mm-hmm. stealth and cunning is your way way around it. 
Um, so that was that was a lot of what I was playing last week, trying to finish it up for the podcast. Otherwise, um, Marvel Midnight Suns, baby. I finally got to part yeah. two. I got to part two, uh, which opened up the second location on on the map. Um, I'm Lord. no longer I'm no longer just in New York City. Uh, I have the American Southwest, and uh, well. which makes me think that uh, I'm going to be I'm going to be getting some some Johnny Blaze action. Yeah, uh, yeah, that makes which, sense. Which would be cool to have both. It would be cool to have both because Robbie Reyes is on the Midnight Suns. It'd be cool to have uh, two Ghost Riders. Two Ghost Riders would be pretty kick ass. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be OP as fuck. That'd be excellent. That would be so much fun. But uh, yeah, that's that's about it. This is going to be a little bit of a short episode this week. But don't blame us. Blame Keith Keith D Candido for they earned it. The audience for, earned it. They, they earned it. <laughs> Sticking with us. Keith, Keith just just sprinted to the end of the book. So we, there's not much we can really do about that. <laughs> we, do. we didn't do this keith did but uh so next couple next episodes will be about marvel midnight suns um i hope you guys enjoyed the first series of 2023 oh, um, yeah holy shit we, yeah 2023 this is, our, this is our third year doing this well yeah it's we're yeah. third calendar year Right, that's what I mean. Like, like, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah, we'll be going into our second anniversary in June, um, and our hundredth episode is coming up in a couple months. Yes, it is. So we've got look out special plan for that. Look out for all that. So uh, Twitter seems to be circling the toilet bowl as of this recording. I know what? we've been saying that a lot, but it seems to be circling faster. It it um, somehow just keeps getting worse. It is just a turd that is just not flushing properly. I don't uh, understand. It keeps getting worse. Yeah. I don't know I don't, how it's getting so as of now at this point in the recording. In in, in December December 18th. Yeah. As of December, December 18th, 18th, Elon just said that you can't link out to other platforms and then reversed that. Yeah. Uh, based on a his stupid Vox Populi, Vox Day, and then he did a fucking poll saying, "Should I, uh, should I quit as CEO?" And claims at this point that he will go with uh, whatever, whatever people say, which to me feels like a like kind of like a well, I had to like he wants out, he wants out, he doesn't want to do this anymore, and this this lets him save some face and still get to bitch about. <laughs> well, if I had stayed, it would have been different, you know. This is the thing. Um, this is the thing is that Elon he bought Twitter and he's so arrogant. Elon is Elon Musk is a piece of shit. Yes. Okay. We are we are no friends of Elon Musk. We're no friends of 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 these right wing fuckboys that that just prop him up and and the other billionaire class like Peter Thiel and and whatever. If you if you don't like it, whatever. I'm ranting here. But yeah. these 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 fuckers like Elon Musk and and Peter Thiel and and all of them, all of them, Jack, fuck Jack, 
Jack is, there's no good billionaires. Jack yeah. is like, even Jack Dorsey is like, what are you doing, Elon? And like half of these, uh, every time something is announced, he's like, what is going on? We're like, Jack, this is your fault too, man. Yeah, and people are like, oh, go on, Jack. And it's like, no, fuck Jack too. How about that? How about that? How about fuck him. Fuck him too. Um, yeah. So he he's so arrogant. That's, this is why we cannot put these people on pedestals. No. All right? Is is we, Elon believed his own hype? People would call him like the real life Iron Man. Uh, he did. He never did anything to to earn these things. No. But um, so he we, we you put him up on a pedestal. He's like, okay, I could buy Twitter and I can fix it. And every single fucking thing he's he's done, he's like, he does something dumb, and yep. then he's like. Well, no, we're going to reverse that. I mean, like, no, we're going to reverse the reversal. No, we're going to do something different. Because what he doesn't realize is that a lot of the decisions that Twitter and social media, these social media corporations make is they just are they're flying by the seat of their pants in an effort to stay solvent and happy yeah. for advertisers. Right. Yeah. yeah. Elon gets there. Advertisers start dropping off because the shit he's doing is not the thing that they like. Twitter right. was already doing the thing that they like, which was just being just good enough on some social issues. Just right. Not even the bare minimum, just like just under the bare minimum to keep yeah. the advertisers happy. Then meanwhile, he's like, nah, free speech absolutism, blah, blah, blah. I don't understand philosophy. I'm <laughs> anyway, I don't so read he does books. I don't read books. Uh, so he does all these things. He lets people like Andrew fucking Tate onto back onto the platform. Jeez. Andrew Tate, who is literally one of the worst, like well-known people out there. I mean, the you know, somebody's going to be like, well, what about so-and-so? He killed people. Like, yeah, okay. Well, Andrew Tate's a fucker. Um, just, just go watch some, some, read some stuff about Andrew Tate. He's a piece He's of shit. He's a piece of shit. So, and Andrew Tate was one of the original people banned on Twitter. Yeah. He was banned from Twitter before it was a big deal to be banned on Twitter because of how bad he is. Right. Like Twitter was first and then he then he finally got banned from other social media platforms like five years later when it all caught up. Yeah. Like twi Twitter was ahead of the curve on Andrew Tate. Um. Anyway, so... Elon has no idea what he's doing. He fired everybody who actually knew what he was doing. He's done these Twitter file drops that are meaningless. And uh, uh, they they don't show what they think that they're showing. He's got these yep. reporter, these right-friendly reporters like he's Matt He's blocked Taibbi. all of the journalists uh, who he doesn't care blocking for. And, he's blocking and unblocking journalists. He's, he's letting... Uh, douches like Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss and Glenn Greenwald and all these fuckers who haven't seen a have have they've they have not done a both sides argument that they didn't like you know <laughs> they 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 love a both sides -ism. um so yeah it's terrible it's it's and this is this is the end of the road of, oh yeah this is why the billionaires are actually not great people because what? they're so insulated from meaningful decision-making 
Yeah. Um, that it, it they just think that whatever they do is genius and it's yeah. not. So fuck Elon Musk. Midnight Suns Infernal Rising next time. Midnight people. Suns Infernal Rising. Go to pixelitpod.com and sign up for the <laughs> newsletter. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>